This is John Gramstrand, and I'm a certified energy specialist for CHS Ag Services in Stephen, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, Farm News Time on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Coonan in studio. We'll have updates from Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman. There's scattered light snow being seen at this hour on radar in eastern North Dakota and far northwestern Minnesota. More significant snowfall happening north of the border in Canada. Snowfall amounts include 14 inches at Washburn, North Dakota, Minot anywhere from 10 to 12 inches, the National Weather Service says Rugby received 9 inches of snow. Cavalier, 7 inches. Only an inch reported at West Fargo. A cold Canadian air mass has now settled into the region and temps are expected to be 10 to 20 degrees below normal for the next several days. The third quarter gross domestic product was up 4.9%. That's higher than traders expected. Crude oil prices increased overnight with the United States launching airstrikes on two bases in Syria used by Iranian militia groups. That's in retaliation for Syrian drone strikes against U.S. positions in the Middle East. The situation increases the fear over more military action. Ten-year Treasury yields pulled back for the first time in three days yesterday. Stonex chief commodities economist Arlen Suderman says the ten-year Treasury notes are close to 5% and are trending higher. The Fed is not expected to increase interest rates next week. But those Treasury yields continue to push to the upside. A lot of it's based on the increased debt certificates that are being offered onto the market with a decreased supply of buyers of those debt certificates. And that's largely uh, a factor of Congress borrowing more and more money and the Fed purchasing fewer of those debt certificates. So we have to attract new buyers, and you do that with higher yields. And the market's very worried about what that'll do to the economy, both domestically and globally. And and it just makes those macro decisions. Well, if the economy is threatened by it, then demand will be threatened as well, even though that may or may not be the case for the food-based commodities. Suderman says these economic trends do impact the farmer. Higher interest rates increase the cost for the agricultural producer produce a crop to pay for that operating loan, but it also increases the cost of storage. And from the speculator standpoint, it increases the cost to him to own those commodities. And so, therefore, it tends to discourage involvement into the markets. Grain markets traded choppy and two-sided yesterday. The money farm owner, Allison Thompson, said traders are reluctant to trade Black Sea headlines. Reports overnight that Ukraine suspended their humanitarian corridor due to threats of attacks from Russia. Um, but then it followed mid-morning by Ukraine denying those reports and claiming that the corridor does continue to operate. So obviously it's a developing story. We don't know exactly uh, what's going on or what the true story is at this point. But either way, as it unfolds, we do know that the current quarter is not exporting the volumes that had previously been seen with the Black Sea Green Initiative. So still remains to be unseen, but obviously the market just cautious on trading too many of those Black Sea headlines once again. And demand news didn't help much either. Good weekly export sales and also a soybean sale announcement to China this morning. But unfortunately, our markets did drift lower um, into the end of the session, especially on corn and soybeans. And again, I think that has to do with outside market movement as well. We did see stocks fall. The dollar hit a three-week high here this morning. 
just falling stronger than expected GDP, and it just obviously weighed on the commodities overall. After three weeks of chaos over the Speaker's gavel, Congress passed the Energy and Water Appropriations Bill and then recessed until next Wednesday night. This bill cuts $5 billion in spending. That was part of the climate, tax, and health care bill that passed last year. It also rescinds revised Waters of the United States rule that followed the Supreme Court decision on that same issue. Speaker Mike Johnson plans to schedule individual votes on each appropriations bill. The House Agriculture, Rural Development, and Food and Drug Administration appropriations bill was rejected a month ago in a dispute over language dealing with access to an abortion pill. Politico is reporting that division over the Ag Appropriations Bill continues. Senate Agriculture Committee Chair Debbie Stabenow is now calling for an extension of the 2018 Farm Bill. In comments made on the Senate floor, Stabenow said the delays in the House made it impossible to pass the Farm Bill on a timely basis. In January, the Farm Program reverts to permanent law, and Stabenow said that would be irresponsible. Reporting Agriculture's Business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. There are some things to keep in mind when farmers and ranchers are weaning calves. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. NDSU Extension Beef Cattle Specialist Zachary Carlson says replacing nutrition from milk can help calves maintain or gain faster when weaning. It's also important to be careful to avoid feeds high in starch to avoid bloat. We're talking about replacing milk, which has higher protein and high energy content, right? So we need to replace that if we want those calves to maintain and continue growing. Using higher quality forages, and then if you're going to bring in some concentrated feeds, you do want to think carefully about what those specifically are. Uh, Fiber-based feeds such as maybe soy holes or other kind of uh, wheat nids and things like that don't have as much starch in them, and so we don't have to worry about it. When we get into grains, oats is a better option than corn in that sense, but we can still provide any grain works. But again, it's all about managing how much they're consuming in that sense. Producers can help calves find water sources faster to maintain health. If it's portable, move it to the fence line because we know calves will work that fence line. and So they'll, they'll kind of be forced to bump into it. If it's a more permanent structure, uh, try to find a way to either, you know, while, while the weather permits, you know, let it even do some overflowing, create that sound. That'll help draw calves. Again, we're not talking like it has to be long term, just short term to try to get the calves to identify the water source because the day you wean them and and remove them from mom and put them in a new environment there's going to be a lot of variables that uh, they're going to have to learn and the quicker they do that faster they stay on feed the healthier they'll be able to to stay reporting agriculture's business i'm whitney pittman on the red river farm network belfield north dakota farmer byron richard keeping an eye on the sunflower harvest in his area looks like harvest has been lagging well, I don't have sunflowers in there. There's the neighbors around here. I see they got quite a few out, and there a lot of folks have been trying to get the corn done first. A few sunflowers been harvested, not a lot, of, and the, the yields I heard have been pretty good. Um, we've had uh, kind of spotty on the wheat that was a little bit surprising there. We had good bushels, but we had light test weight, and we had light protein, which was surprising. Usually it's one or the other, but um, wheat was a bit of a struggle there to get that off. We had rains to interfere with and stuff, but. Uh, 
all the wheat harvest is pretty well wrapped up. And Richard says the corn dried down nicely compared to other areas of the state. Well, the emphasis is on varieties. And if in our case, because we do not have a lot of drying facilities, we tend to run a 78-day fixed corn. You know, you just run a higher population and run it. Uh, you give up a few bushels. I'd say that corn probably runs about 10, 15 bushels less than a uh, 83 to 85 day high flex corn and unfortunately uh, the high flex corn just wasn't drying down very rapidly and I'm sure that's what you're seeing out east. I bet, like we discussed there, um, they do have more facilities out there for drying and stuff, the elevators and some of the private farmers versus out west. According to hay and forage grower managing editor Mike Ranke, it is a tough year to gauge overall hay stocks after the drought seemed to uh, swap areas this past summer. Overall, I would say we'll probably be looking at uh, some lower inventories out there. There certainly will be uh, producers across the Midwest that uh, have had some production problems. But, you know, I've also talked to others who said, you know, they were surprised just how well things grew. And, and in some cases, the rain started coming later in the summer and, and they were still able to put up uh, a decent cutting or two of of hay. Hay prices are lower. Producers will have to make decisions on whether or not to seek supplemental forage. It could be better. It probably could be worse in some cases. I think there's, you know, there's probably also some good news if if you want to call it that. If you do have to buy hay, prices this year are uh, certainly lower in most situations and regions compared to last year, as are a lot of supplemental uh, feeds. And, and I think growers are just going to have to look at their own situation and say, well, you know, what makes more sense here to go out and buy hay if it's available and or find uh, some type of uh, supplement. Mike Ranke from Hay and Forage Grower Magazine. Reporting agriculture's business, you're in tune with the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The 96th National FFA Convention starts next week. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. The annual migration of Blue Jackets starts next week to Indianapolis. North Dakota FFA State Advisor Nikki Fiddledye-Dahl says over 50 chapters from the state are attending convention. Yeah, so um, it's that time of year again uh, for a National State Convention. This is the um, 96th convention uh, and expo held in Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, starting November 1st. So. North Dakota is always excited uh, to go down and, and represent our association uh, in various ways. And uh, this year, uh, we have 55 chapters in attendance from North Dakota representing our organization. Fiddle Dye says for many students, this is their first time attending convention. We might be small, but we're definitely mighty when it comes to competing at, at national FFA convention. So um, the start of the session, like the first general session, still just gives me goosebumps. That's always the most exciting for me. However, I love to see the, the looks on the faces of students who have never been to convention before. So North Dakota has over 470 students attending convention. And many of those, this will be their first time. And so it's one thing to zip up your jacket for the first time, but it's even better to be surrounded by, you know, 50,000 other people just like you. 
Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The St. Lawrence Seaway continues to be shut down due to a strike by Canadian Seaway workers. The strike began this past weekend. There are no ships waiting to leave the system, but there are more than 100 ships outside waiting to move down the St. Lawrence Seaway. Some of those ships are scheduled to pick up grain for export from Duluth. As we check into markets this morning, we are a bit weaker in the wheat side of things, down a penny for the December Minneapolis wheat, 723 and a quarter. Chicago wheat down one and three quarters for the Dees contract. Hard red winter wheat, same contract down four and a half. For corn, we're two and a quarter higher for December, 481 and a half. March gaining two and a quarter. Soybeans for November, 1292 and a quarter, 12 and three quarter cents higher. January soybeans with a 13 cent gain. And as we check in on the farm calendar, the 40th Harvest of Knowledge Agro Women's Conference going on today at the Alara Center in Grand Forks. Uh, full schedule, talking farm bill, biofuels, and the markets. And uh, that uh, program is on as scheduled. The North Dakota State University Department of Animal Sciences and NDSU Judging Club hosting Harvesting Success Livestock Judging Workout on Sunday. That'll be held at Shepherd Arena. Uh, all 4-H and FFA youth are encouraged to attend. And next week, starting Wednesday, it's the Crop Outlook and International Durham Forum taking place in uh, Minot. A wide variety of uh, speakers talking about uh, disease issues, markets, and more. Have a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.